worship God. Okay, take a moment. Take a moment. Uh, contemplate about your life. I've been to two funerals in two days in a row. I need y'all to take a moment. Think about how precious this life, this gift of life he has given us. Have you given him proper reverence today? Have we taken any time think about our home in heaven. We all have an appointment, that's for sure. We have a day when our number is called home. Hmm. I know you got a lot of things going on, a lot of plans. Really, the only thing that we really can count on that he is coming back. <laughs> as sure as you sitting here. Matter of fact, that's why he is coming back. Man. Just take a moment. What would that day be like? just rushing, ready to get the teeth and all that. You need to take a moment. One of the pastors that was supposed to speak at the funeral this morning, he died this morning. Oh, we take, we, we got to get our thinking right. Have you prepared? Have you properly prepare for your departure your soul right with God is your soul right with your brother your sister God is speaking he's definitely saying something here <laughs> imagine that you're supposed to go speak at someone else's funeral but it ended up being your day you're the pastor. Hmm. I got it. You just take a moment. When he called you home, have you fulfilled your purpose in the earth? you fulfilled the dreams everything that he put it he put in you imparted into you have you fulfilled it have we even got started 
Shanika was putting her father when she said, we all have work to do. Have you gotten started on your work? Hmm. Are we just playing church and coming to church? some point we got to get serious at some point we got to take our life serious and the lives that we're affecting that are connected to us because none of them could take their family with them at that moment from now, 10 years, 20, three days, I mean, who, you don't know. Her brother was taken in his sleep, 55 years old, did not wake up, went to sleep. Getting out of the car, going to the front door, six kids, and she has an aneurysm and die right there on the front lawn. You don't know. Hmm. Oh, it's a precious gift. It's a gift that we don't even think about, really. Mm-hmm. No, we sit and argue and fuss and fight and all kind of things. You don't realize what, what's happening. I just want to take a moment now. I don't know. I went two days in a row. That affect me. Stay strong. It is required. <laughs> Man, it's good stuff, though. When you really think about it, it should make you want to get some things right in your life. Like right now. In your heart, you want to. I want to make sure I got everything right. Because when that last heartbeat, you won't have any more time. You can't go and apologize. You can't go and ask for forgiveness. You can't get it right. You need to do it now. And the church said, amen. <laughs> I mean, I thought somebody would say amen. That is the church, right? <laughs> Glory to God. The only way you find your purpose, the only way you can find your purpose is in the presence of God. You will not find your purpose outside of the presence of God. How many of y'all know y'all purpose then? 
I suggest you get into the presence of God because it is required. Yeah? Man. I'm say that again. You cannot find your purpose outside of the presence of God. Isn't that so funny how so many believers don't know their purpose? It takes the presence of God. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. Fear God, worship. The whole duty of every man. Man, I tell y'all. Mm -hmm. People got other plans. They got other plans. That's not the purpose of God. <laughs> man. So, while we sit here, y'all heard that uh, American troops were bombed on in Syria from uh, Turkey. Y'all know what that means? This is important for the church to know. They were actually exiting. How do you exit and then Erdogan, the president, fire on them and say, oh, it was a mistake? You know how many lives that have been lost? They don't know yet. See where the church need to be praying? Now, it's going to affect us. <laughs> okay. I better get ready. <laughs> Real quick, I want you to go to place. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. And um, start at verse 5. <clears throat> Second, just, yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And ourselves merely as your servants, slaves for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Verse 7. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We are hedged in pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out. 
but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. Verse 11. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. Listen to this. That the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced through our flesh, which is liable to death. Thus, death is actively at work in us, but it is in order that our life may be actively at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. Assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. That's why I'm not fearful of death. <laughs> Woo, TJ, so much in there. See, I told you it didn't matter. <laughs> I'm just saying, what you complaining about? How come the, I just want to know something. How come the promise of the resurrection of some no avail to you? How come, see, I live because I know that I'm going to be raised again. Do y'all hear that? This is how I live. Because I know that I'm going to be raised again. Although we're perplexed by every corner. Looks like we're losing, don't it? I tell the ministers all the time, every time you love, it looks like you're losing. Man. Can I help you with one little thing? What we have to do is stop eating off the fruit of our own self-image. This is what's wrong with a lot of us. We continue to eat off our own self-image instead of the image of Christ. Yeah? Fearful of death? See, when I went to those two funerals today, it just made me, it made me more alive. I wasn't sorrowful. I mean, it made me more alive because she was right. We have work to do. And I have to have, a, I have, to have the proper attitude <laughs> for the work. I mean, we got the promise of the resurrection that's in us, y'all. Go back to 13 real quick. Then we're going to get Tashana up. Verse 13. Mm. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had, who wrote, I have believed, and therefore have I spoken. We, too, believe, 
and therefore we speak. What you saying? You know, I know it's feel like you're just trapped on every corner. If you were listen to what I said, if you would stop eating off the image of your own self-image instead of eating off the image of the word of God, what it says that you should do. A lot of us just read the word, but we don't eat the word. It never becomes engrafted a part of you. You do it out of a religious duty versus it's spirit to spirit. He said, my word is truth and spirit. So the thing of it is, I just want us to continue to devour. It says, oh, taste and see. Taste and see what? That who? How come he's not good when you're going through? How come he's not good when you're going through? How come when he's good... When everything is going good, how come that isn't an indicator to go deeper into his word? Because there's something around the corner. We, I don't be teaching y'all spiritual warfare for nothing. I was talking to one of the men. When something is going wrong, why do you go to the world? It has no answer. It has no comfort for you. When you're going through, you're supposed to go to the word. Hello? It's going to give you the true identity of you yeah the word will give you your true identity it, it doesn't give you a reputation a reputation is what people think of you <laughs> but you need your true identity my true identity is that i am raised with christ and you know what this is another thing real thing you, oh, i'll say that for sunday but uh I need us to eat the word. This is what's wrong with a lot of us. Soon as something happens, what do you do? I want to know what is your first response. Do your first response is to go within you? Or is your first response to go to the word to say what it says about the situation? You won't go to the word about the situation because you are in your emotion, your feelings. That's the thing to deviate you. It will put you on the wrong track when you're going through. Did you all hear what the scripture just said? It said, oh, it looks like everything has happened, but he said you won't be destroyed. But how come it's like that? Oh, first thing I do when something goes wrong, I isolate myself. I shut down. I won't let nobody in, especially the word. Yes, I am talking to you. <laughs> See, when everything going right, the word is good. Oh, the word is awesome. Let a hangnail get in your way. Something real simple. Can't find the word, can't find faith nowhere. And you're definitely not going to find this scripture. <laughs> I just want to know something. Go, it's, go back to the first part, minister. No, go back to six real quick. We got an hour. Go back to six real quick. 
What's wrong? Teacher talking about me. Go back to six real quick. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, minister. For God who said. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. No, we won't turn to him. All knowledge and information, everything you need for your circumstance, we won't turn to him. We turn away from him. Yeah? I need y'all to turn toward him. And it says, it, let the light shine out of the darkness. Where there is light, darkness cannot coexist. What's in your heart? I told y'all, stop eating off the image. Your own self-image. I don't look right. This is wrong with my body. This is wrong with me. Because you always continue to eat off your own self-image. What people say. You're eating off your own self-image instead of what God said about you. See? All right. Tachana, come on up. Because I need people to really know. This is Friday night. This is where we let the ministers come. And they get to um, expound on the word. They get to show forth what they've been learning. Walker ministry is a teaching ministry. We come and learn. Jesus said, come and learn of me. Right? He didn't say, come and learn of tradition. He said, come and learn of me. Y'all know I love to talk about tradition. The tradition of men. The Bible says Jesus went to the synagogue traditionally. So all tradition isn't bad. This tradition of men is what we have to be very leery of. Okay? Today, we have Deshauna's going to be up here. Minister Deshauna's going to be teaching today. See, I don't know if anybody understands what it takes to really lay down your life to do what God has said. You found your purpose where? In the presence of God. See, a lot of us, I told you, a lot of us don't know our purpose because purpose comes from the presence of God. How God going to show you your purpose and you in the world? And they don't really realize what it takes to lay down a man-made reputation of who you are. She was on the international circuit for, I would call it the, for mixed fit. I mean, internationally known. And it was a form of worship, but denying the very power thereof, the Bible said. So she gave up all of that. She laid down all of the accolades of her Facebook family. Thousands of people, followers, to do what God said that she's supposed to do. And it's called Built to Worship. It is. Built to Worship. And it takes a certain character to lay all the things and the accolades that the world gives you, and to really be submitted to God. So you gotta, you got to be able to not worry what people think as long as you know you're doing what God has told you what to do. The thing is, I told it when you come out from there, from the world, guess what God send you back to? 
the very people, just like Paul. Paul was on his way to Damascus, right? He won't have the prayer meeting. He was on his way to do what? What did Paul do before he got knocked off the horse? All right. So the same thing is his purpose had to be revealed to him where? In the presence of God. I told you, your purpose will be revealed to you in the presence of God. So a lot of us don't know what that is because we haven't been in his presence. A true presence. Not Saul of the Old Testament presence of God, as I taught y'all. Started off well. That's how you end that race. How y'all going to end your race? Hmm? Are you going to end your race pleasing man or pleasing God? Something to think about. So at this time, I want to present to you, Minister Tashana. Amen. You ready? All right, you got it. Hey, Walker Ministries. Can y'all just lift y'all hands up and give me one hallelujah at least? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are still in the building. We are still gathering together, and I'm excited to see all of y'all tonight. I'm going to talk about endurance. And I think it's very important to speak about endurance because in that process of laying my life all the way down, it took great endurance. And there were scriptures that were helping me along. I was deep, deep in study, making decisions quickly that was affecting not only me, but everybody around me. And it even affected all of y'all, okay? <laughs> and so when I say endurance, can somebody tell me, raise your hand, what do you think you're going to learn about tonight when it comes to endurance? Anybody? Um, I think you're going to talk about when you mentioned endurance, how to uh, stay in the race, how to um, persevere no matter how rough it gets. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think you're going to talk about um, endurance in the mind. Because as a believer, you have to endure mentally. The mental, it's a mental race, the mental thing. So. Long suffering. I think you're going to talk about prayer, praying without ceasing, enduring in your prayer life. Um, the outcome rather than the process. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, rise up on wings like eagles. And your name? John. <laughs> My beautiful bride, Elizabeth. Welcome, John and Elizabeth. It's nice to meet you both. I'm Tashana Witherspoon, and you're going to learn a little bit about me today. 
I wanted to know what you thought you was going to learn tonight because, of course, there's always learning outcomes. But I want to know what's already going on in your head when I say endurance so I can get your point of view on how you're receiving what I'm telling you. Okay? So the learning outcomes for tonight. Endurance is a requirement, not an option. Okay? The second one. Fear kills endurance. Faith produces endurance, all right? Endure for a life in eternity or endure a life in hell. So you're going to make a choice. Endurance in Christ produces his character in you. The next one is pain must be an expectation. And the last learning outcome is joy overcomes the ride out of the pain. All right. So those are the main points that we're going to hit tonight, but I want you to keep them in mind. All right. So endure means to continue in your last state and to last, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding, to undergo without giving in, suffer. Some of y'all give in quick. Y'all giving is like, I mean, with basic stuff, okay? To regard with acceptance or tolerance. What have you truly accepted? What are you tolerating? To put up with. This is really what it means to come up under. The definition of endure is to truly come up under. So the foundation scripture that we're going to talk about tonight, Minister, can you go to Romans 5, 3 through 5? Amplify. Romans chapter 5 at verse 3. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm, don't that just sound so delicious? <laughs> so... I chose this as the foundation scripture because it points out the process. So the first thing that we're supposed to do is be joyful when we're going through. So that's a key thing that you should always have in mind. Am I joyful in this pain? All right. Then that there is going to be pressure, affliction, and hardship, but it's producing something. It's producing patience and unswerving endurance. So now you have joy, 
the pain is producing your patience, which is one of the things that love is, right? Love is patient. So this is actually growing you in love. And then it actually gives you maturity of character. How many people want to stop being little girls or boys? Yeah. We want to be full grown. We want to be able to eat the meat of the word. We want to be able to change somebody's life. We want to be able to walk out what the word says. Well, this is part of the process. And the character actually produces <laughs> your joy and salvation. So how can you actually start being excited about your salvation if you haven't gotten that character of joy that you only got because of what you had to endure? This very scripture literally to me defines faith. It tells you exactly how faith works because that's what makes you endure, your faith. So I was talking to a teacher one day when I was uh, going through this uh, scripture. And she said, oh, oh, go back to Romans 4. So minister, if you can go back to Romans 4, 1 through 3. Romans chapter 4 at verse 1. But if so, what shall we say about Abraham? Our forefather, humanly speaking, what did he find out? How does this affect his position and what was gained by him? For if Abraham was justified, established as just by acquittal from guilt, by good works, that he did, then he has grounds for boasting, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living, and right standing with God. This scripture is real to my life. I've always been known for my good works, being a good person. When I was doing everything else, I was always known to be good. Everybody always felt, oh, Tashana is so sweet, she's so kind. But the moment that my heart fell deeply in love with God, that is when I gained righteousness. Not when I was doing what I thought was right in hopes that I'm pleasing God through my works. But the moment I had faith enough to do what he said to do. And when he said to do that, we're talking about people crying, people writing me off, people fussing me out. What about even coming here? I got flack from you all too. Couldn't make friends. People talking about me. Different things in your heart towards me trying to do God's will. So it took some endurance because no one was anywhere to be found. 
So while everyone's saying, oh, she got it, she's strong, I went through a separation with my husband. Where was everybody? I moved into a new place. Where was everybody? I immediately began serving. How was I to know what to do? I hadn't been here. I don't know anything about how it works. So I really want us to think about even how we treat people as they're doing the will of God. How you see people when they're doing the will of God. We have to continuously check our hearts constantly, every day. I'm not going to say I can, I'm going to be honest. Let me, let me be truthful. Truth night. <laughs> A lot of times I can know exactly what someone feels about me and still see so much in you, have so much love towards you, have so much hope for you. And you have no idea because you're unable to love back. It's disheartening to see people who have power, gifts, and I say, if they knew how dope they was. But the enemy put things on your heart to be sure that you don't find out how dope you are. He wants me to become the enemy in the room. Frustrated those feelings start to boil up. And you're trying to figure out, why do I feel this way? When do we put those things in check? You know, I want to give it up to Dina. Dina came here first week. This girl took me to the side and repented and said, I just did not like you. I didn't. And then when it looked like everybody liked you, I didn't like you more. I just couldn't stand you. <laughs> she did something about it quick. Soon she got here. She realized just in one hug that I was here for her when I welcomed her home to her ministry. When do we take ourselves under so we can love truly? And it wasn't just Dina who repented. A few, a few people have repented over this time. But if you have not and you still struggle with that on your heart, I would say to do it. I still, I love y'all. I'm not going to take it personally, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's not you. It's the working of the enemy. And the thing is, we all got to be free. We all got to be free. So when I talk about endurance being a requirement and not an option, you got three sets of people, all right? You got the believer, the one that's going to move in God's will. You got the successful non-believer, the person that's strong-willed. And then you have the stagnant. The ones that's just here. And they'll just roll with it. All right? So for the believer, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 through 10. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4 at verses or at verse 8. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are we are pursued, persecuted, and hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. That scripture right there kept me when I had to make some decisions. So I already knew what was going to happen because the word prepared me. He, he already showed me that persecution is going to come with this. When you make this decision, it's going to make everyone question what they're doing. It's going to make everyone feel like you're not in agreement with them. So even though I'm making the decision for myself, it's a statement that's being made at the same time when you stand for Christ. So if, if I have to die just like he did, which means Teaspoon had to die, you know, the one that used to rock out, ha, 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 ha. Okay? If all of that changed and I, and I pursued it uh, very strongly, it was going to make people question their salvation because for all they knew that I was already a Christian. And for all they know, they're Christians too. So now we're talking about being ready to make a statement when people are going to talk about you. But what about when you make a statement in the stand and the people ready to kill you? Do we think about that? I should have been excited for people to talk about me because they wasn't going to shoot me. I should have been excited to know that I was going to be in a place where I could do built to worship and the place is not going to get bombarded and we are all going to get hurt. I should have been excited to know that this is the time where I can worship for somebody who can't do it in another place in another country. But nevertheless, it still was difficult. Couldn't sleep. I knew I had to make a decision. It's like, how do I say it? What do I say? How do I do it? What is going to happen when I say everything is going to change? Or I don't agree with that anymore. Or that's not what I want to do. It's easy to say that's not what I want to do with basic things in certain atmospheres, but what made this very difficult is when you've licensed over 150 instructors, you're big and known on YouTube, and you have a whole schedule set up into the next year of events that you're in, and you have become an idol for the 757 in dance fitness. So you realize, like, okay, I'm going to make this turn, but it's not private, it's public. It's public. Everybody got to know. But when you go through something like this, 
you're hoping that your brethren are going through the same thing so they can actually hold you up and be with you. But it was a little bit different than that. As I move forward, it exposed a lot of stuff even here, right here at this ministry. And um, I explained it to Adam one day. I said, it was like when I laid my life down, I thought that everybody else was down so it would be safe. But instead, I keep getting kicked because people are tripping over me. So each time I get a kick and kick, it's, a, it, it's what shows what life is not laid down. Because if we're laying down, nobody's getting kicked. Nobody. But guess what the kicks do? It builds my character. It takes character to know that you don't like me and me still smile and reach out for that hug because I love you. It takes character to know that You've just been talking about me, but I still want to help you do what you want to do. Because it's not you. So I'm praying that the life will become laid down so we can move even faster at what I already wanted to hand in to help you out with. So for a believer... You're going to build endurance because you have to have a testimony. It's the testing of your faith, the building of your character. You're becoming untangled from the world. The persecution for your faith in Christ, enduring the fight of your fleshly desires, enduring the truth, and enduring the ways of the world, wickedness. So this is how a believer endures. So the successful non-believer who's strong-willed, let's go to Luke 16, 8 in the Amplified Bible. Luke chapter 16 at verse 8. And his master praised the dishonest, unjust manager for acting shrewdly, and prudently, for the sons of this age are shrewder and more prudent and wiser in relation to their own generation, to their own age and kind, than are the sons of light. So the successful non-believer knows how to endure as well. But they endure in a different way. They endure to build that income. They endure to build wealth. They're endured to maintain their health. They up three, four in the morning working out their bodies, okay? They're endured to build stability. They endure to keep their family safe. They endure for their rights. And they endure for one that we all endure for, just the ways of the world, wickedness, okay? So I can relate to this. I always went hard. I go hard. Pastor can relate to this. He went hard in what he was doing. But this is a good thing about somebody who goes hard, even as a non-believer, is that when God takes over your heart and when he changes your life, 
that go hard goes so hard towards him. It, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, the endurance is already there. So then you have the stagnant. Let's go to Proverbs 24, verse 30 through 34. Proverbs chapter 24 at verse 30. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And behold, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles were covering its face and its stone wall was broken down. Then I beheld and considered it well. I looked and received instruction, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come as a robber and your want as an armed man. Different kind of endurance. You're about to get robbed of everything. So the stagnant person endures the consequences so just being lazy alone you're gonna have to endure just because you won't move you tend to endure health issues you tend to endure being forgotten you tend to endure losing everything because of lack of maintenance you endure thoughts of fear and hurt you endure spiritual warfare. You endure a lack of needs being provided. You endure fear of change. And you endure the ways of the world, wickedness. So enduring is not an option. Which way would you like to endure? That's what you should ask yourself. So out of those three people, find yourself and find where you want to go or where you want to stay because you're going to endure. So everything that you're afraid of and say, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I, I don't think. Guess what? What you won't do is still going to get you because you didn't do it. The best thing about being the first one, a believer that endures is that you know you're gonna win. You know that you're gonna have eternal life. You know that it is his will and that you know that everything he tells you to do, he has prepared what's necessary for you to do it. But you must endure. This is important. God put it on my heart to do built to worship. I knew that this is what he told me to do because I was about to leave it all without having even any plan at all. And when he said he was going to clean up that gifting the same way he was cleaning me up, I knew he had a plan. As Built to Worship went forth, I found out I had ankylosing spondylitis. With having AS, my body started to break down. And I said, how am I going to 
do this, how am I called to do a ministry of dance fitness that worships God, be the head of this, and I'm sick? <laughs> I call this the pain of August and the healing of September. August was the most painful month of my life. Some of you seen me hardly getting up the stairs. I needed help. My toe went out. I thought that I hit it. Guys, I didn't hit it. It was one of the symptoms of my illness. Couldn't wear shoes for about three weeks. Knees swelled up daily. Ankles swelled up. And I have now six classes a week. And Stretch and Flex just started. Right? Now, this is, this is what was happening in August. I came into August in pain with a heavier load. What you don't know is I would leave work and be driving to class, and I would be crying because I was in pain. Frida, you know, I came in your office one day in tears, and you prayed for me. I thank you. But while I'm crying, I was singing to the Lord <laughs> because I knew that my joy and my song to him and my faith that if he told me that this is what I do, that if I was singing in tears all the way there and I would get there feeling unstable and the music would come on and I would be able to do it. It would be like it never happened. Endurance, y'all. You got to make up your mind that if he told you, it is. So if he tells you, it is. So if something tries to come at you, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a person, whether it's a situation, whether it's weather. <laughs> Sometimes it's weather. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. It's raining. <laughs> if he told you to go, go. So... For one, I love y'all because a lot of y'all come out to build to worship and rock out. And I got some new new for tomorrow. But anyway, it's a miracle that I'm able to do, still teach that class. So my students are in there with me, but I don't think they realize the magnitude of the fact that I literally, my diagnosis says that I'm supposed to be disabled that I'm not supposed to be able to work more than five years. But I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. So sometimes you have to endure just to show God that you believe what he said. All right. Fear kills endurance and love produces endurance. All right, let's go to Joshua 1.9. Joshua chapter 1 at verse 9. Have not I commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid neither be dismayed, 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This scripture is one that really have kept me in times where it's like you hear about what the people are saying about you. You already know what's going on with everybody at church. You no longer have your husband there. You know all the things that you're responsible for. You know all the ways that people are dependent on you. And you're in that place of just being still, being with him and saying, how, how do I get through this? And he says, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. When I hear words like that, I know I'm going to have to endure something. I know that there is a battle on the way. I know that when he tells me these words, that it's time for me to stand up and let him do what he do, because Lord knows I can't. <laughs> this is when we have to let the character of God become. We are weak. We don't know better. It's the reason why I listen so closely to correction. Because I, I don't know. I am weak. So he said in my weakness, he will be made strong. So if I'm to be strong, vigorous, and very courageous, I have to sit all the way down. I have to sit all the way down, which means it's, it's not about what I have to do. It's not about who left me. It's not about what anybody's saying about me. It's not about none of those things matter anymore. None of it matters. We get so caught up on what people have to say about everything. None of it matters when it comes to God getting all the glory. That is the number one goal, God getting the glory. So we must deal with fear. That's an unpleasant emotion. Oh, you're not even supposed to have that. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief. That means your belief is somewhere it don't need to be. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. Aren't we supposed to be ready for the things that are dangerous, the things that are painful, the things that cause a threat? Aren't we supposed to be joyful? Do you see how immediately fear can take that? So why are we having the emotion that drives us in a way to clam up rather than the emotion of joy? Because you don't trust. Pastor said it right here. Because you don't trust. So many people have the fight or flight response to fear. You're in your feelings. So either you're coming all the way against it, 
or either you running away from it, not dealing with it. <laughs> either you coming against it, oh, you bucking. You like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not what we doing, no, nah, no. Nah. Or you running away from it. Pure avoidance of something that got to be dealt with. But because of your fear, you just run. But you need faith. Complete trust and confidence in whatever God said. And what does faith work by? Love, which what? Endures all things. So the thing is, this is, this is coming together, but it's right here in the word. You just got to know where to place it in your life. You got to understand that if you're having that feeling of fear, you got to say to yourself, oh, that's not mine. I'm called to endure, which means that whatever it is that I'm fearing, I could take it. I could deal with it with a little dance on it, okay? Go to your joy when you are feeling fear. Just trust. Just go to your joy because you know you got salvation. It'll make you realize that everything that you're fearing, everything that's coming against you, doesn't matter. It don't even matter. It don't even count. <laughs> it don't even count for nothing. So I want you to think to yourself something that you fear. What do you fear? You know, write it down. Note something that you fear because you're going to deal with that thing. Write it down. What do you fear? And then I want you to write down what do you love? And I mean, what do you love that causes you to really put in that work? And we're not even talking about your relationship with God. We're talking about naturally. There's something that makes you make a move. There's something that leads you down to the Wawa to get. <laughs> I mean, we got to know where the motivation come from. So write down what you fear, write down what you love, because I want you to truly apply what we just talked about with you having joy in dealing with your faith. Or you're never going to be able to love, which means you're never going to be able to endure, which means that you're going to have to take in a whole nother endurance that you didn't ask for. So some of the things that People may fear. Fear is something taking your place. Y'all quiet, but that's that's for real. I mean, when I came in here, everybody wanted their position all set. Where they was going to be, where they was going to stand, where they was going to go. I didn't even know what positions was. Whose seat is where. I asked teacher one day. Teacher, who sat, in, who sat in that seat right next to you before I came? She said, nobody. I said, that's why they all coming for my head. Fear of being exposed. What about that one? I mean, if you didn't come up with something that you fear, fear of being exposed. That's why people always say, I don't want them to know my business. 
I know you ain't out here telling my business. Oh, I'm good. I'm doing the right thing. I'm taking care of everybody. Just don't let nobody know about this little issue I got over here. Fear of being exposed. You got to deal with it. Because guess what? That very fear right there, if you don't expose the enemy, you will never be delivered and you will never be free. So you want to deal with that fear. You want to you deal, I mean, put that at the top of your list. If you have fear of being exposed, expose yourself. Expose it yourself so you can get it dealt with. Because it's not about who we are. Like Pastor said, we get so caught up in who we are. No, put it all out because we're trying to be like Christ. We should all know that who we are is not that great. Fear of the ministry changing. What about that one? Fear of the ministry changing. We deal with that fear as well because we get used to our routine, who we hang with, who we rock with, how we do things, how we even respond to the teachings. Why is T up there on a Friday? I wanted to hear more what Pastor had to say. Why is Pastor teaching still? I want to see what teacher got to say. Who is that new person, and is she just going to start serving teacher already? She just got here. Fear the ministry changing. Deal with the fear because we should be in what? Joy. And we should be having faith that God knows what he's doing. Got another one. Fear of being left behind. Amen, Q. <laughs> Fear of being left behind. Listen, the way to not be left behind is being in the presence of God. He will not have you lagging behind something you're not supposed to be lagging behind. He'll tell you, oh, wait, you over here. And you'll be like, all right, I'm in this line over here. And you could go on and move on smoothly. He'll put it in order. We're afraid for him to move things in order because we want to hold on to what we know so bad instead of finding out exactly who we are in him and what he's called us to do. Especially as you grow, you're going to start in one space, but you're going to grow, which is going to shift you to another space that you needed. You're going to grow some more and that's going to shift you to another space. Don't hold on to nothing too tight. Don't hold on to anything in this world too tight. No, it's not. We're just supposed to handle with care. Handle with care. I remember telling this to Brandy one day. I said, one thing that I learned in this process is that I got to be ready to let go anything at any time. I had to let go doing hair. I had to let go my graphic design business. I had to let go being a national trainer. I had to let my husband go because he wanted to go. I had to let go being an entrepreneur and get this job. I had to let go of my freedom of what I do every night because now I serve. So there comes a point where when he gives you something to handle, be okay with letting go. So I told her, from learning what I learned through that, I told her, if he tells me to let BTW go, it's gone. It's gone. Because he said it. 
So don't be attached to anything in this world. Tomorrow's not even promised. It doesn't mean anything. Just serve where you are. And then if he says to let go, let go and let God. <laughs> so if we're trying to take our fear and move it into having faith, what's your faith when someone's taking your place? What's your faith when you're being exposed? What's your faith when there's changes in the ministry? Do you trust what God's doing with it? Do you say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but just take me on this ride and let me be of help and of service in any way that I can. Let me give everything I got to whatever vision, because I know when you move, you have a heavy hand on doing something great, miraculous, that will save lives. What is your faith when you feel like you're catching up? And that goes for those who want to be in a certain place but unsure exactly how to get there. Do you have enough faith that he's keeping you in a steady place according to what he's showing you, according to your call, according to what you have to suffer through first in order to gain the character to move in the places that you need to go? So instead of wanting to play catch up, brace yourself. Brace yourself, gather your joy, and get it ready because it's going to be time to endure so you can move forward. So don't play catch up, get ready to endure because that's how you're going to move forward. So the goal is to address the things in your heart before the enemy does because he's going to bring hurt, havoc, a great falling. And through these doors, you will feel just about all the feelings he presented to you, rather than grabbing a hold and trusting God with your life. So get to it before he does. He's going to have your spirit hold on to that thing and say, no, I'm justified. This is how I feel. And you won't even know that you're going backwards. Endure for a life in eternity or a life in hell. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.10. Timothy chapter 2 at verse 10. Therefore, I am ready to persevere. And stand my ground Get ready. with patience and endure everything for the sake of the elect, God's chosen, so that they too may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with the reward of eternal glory. Jesus. So you're not just enduring for your own sake. Just imagine each of y'all having like 85 people connected to you. <laughs> just
Just think about it. We don't think about those things, but it's the truth. There's people that are attached to your endurance. I'm finding that out through Built to Worship. Brandy wouldn't have gotten here if I hadn't done it. I met her in Built to Worship. Some of you are suffering and enduring because of generational curses on your life, bad choices, poor decisions, ill judgment. This will continue in cycles if you do not seek God and come into full repentance. Full repentance. Really examine your heart and your life because you will have to endure hardships anyway. Why not endure with his spirit, giving you strength, joy, a heart of love, and eternal salvation? I think that's a good package right there. There's no need to continue to endure for a ride to hell. Let's show true, en oh, hello? Hello? Let's show true endurance as Christ did on the cross. Y'all, when I think about Christ on the cross... The way he died on the cross was so intense that it don't matter what we went through or what we think we're going through, his suffering shows you that he knows how you feel. He knows. So if we can just think about when he went on that cross, how he rose again, and how we were now granted an opportunity to have eternal life an opportunity to have Holy Spirit, an opportunity to be guided in his ways. That's a big deal. What does that mean to you? So when you're enduring, you got to say, I'm enduring like Christ. I'm enduring like Christ, okay? And rock it. Put that on the track, okay? <laughs> So some of you are taking persecution for other reasons. Because you're rude, because you're uncaring, because you're careless, because of lack of integrity, because you're fighting for a cause, because you're just being your fly self, because you're just being messy. If you, oh yeah, these haters, haters, <laughs> they everywhere, these haters. Why take that type of persecution when you can actually take persecution for your eternal life? These things don't grant no access to the kingdom. So reconsider what you want to be persecuted for. <laughs> and those who lay their life low, as I did, there can't be no more being double-minded. It can't be no more adapting to those who are not like-minded in Christ. You will suffer from the inside out. And you will also be manipulated by all who smell it on you. Okay? I know what that life is like. I was double-minded. And I was married to a guy that... um. Wanted to live his free life. 
And I thought that I could avoid really addressing the situation by being a national trainer, by starting businesses, by working my tail off. And I worked, worked, worked really hard, but still had to deal with the fact that my husband was never home, that he was always at the bar, and that he had no disregard to even pick up the phone. So in that, no one knew that with me adapting and just going with the flow of just my regular life, that my home life was a consequence of it. Because I had fear to address, and I was in a place where I'm going to avoid, so I'm just going to do all of this stuff right, and maybe it'll get his attention. So now I'm looking for attention from him. And of course, he's not going to give it back, not because he doesn't want to, but because he don't have the relationship with God that is necessary to know what to do and how to love a woman. So the expectation was just off, not to mention knowing that sooner would have helped me to address it sooner, to be able to talk to him in love and not be in a manipulative situation. He knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. He knew I wasn't going to cheat on him. He knew I wasn't going to say anything. He knew that no matter how much I cried that I was just an emotional person. He knew that he can do whatever it is that he wants because he has me all paid for. And because he lets me do whatever I want. Yeah, build your businesses, what you need. And the whole time, I was adjusting to not being loved, not being cared for, not being touched. Which can kill a girl's heart, by the way. I mean, you can feel unattractive. You begin to feel like you're not worthy. But that's not the truth. If you feel that way, that's not the truth. It's not the truth at all. That pain, that adjustment, that adaptability that I had to pretty much be around people and not speak up or not be exactly who I am, it put me in situations to be manipulated consistently. And I tell you, no matter who you are, when somebody smells like that, you can't help but manipulate them. <laughs> It's just what it is, because you know it's easy to do so. But there's a different type of command you have when the spirit of Christ is on you. You just literally walk in what Christ has you to be, and people will question themselves before they begin to even address you. They're trying to figure out, what do I say to this person? Or are they going to tell that I'm not with it? Or are they going to see through me? Nobody got time to manipulate that at all. But most of all, you're bringing upon a conviction just through your stance, through who you are, through your decision making. And that's why people tend to get a little frustrated. Because they don't know how to, how, to, how to really take you, how to really see you, because they have to see themselves. So 
We got to come to a point where we're all standing in Christ. That way we can see each other the way we should see each other and be free to walk with each other and actually lift each other up without feeling in that sense of hesitation that shouldn't be there to begin with. And I always know because it's just people just act weird, just around you, just act weird, just uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm relaxed, I'm chilling. So that's something that we all need to do. Please stand, don't be double-minded, don't be double-minded. Do I got time? Okay. Endurance in Christ produces his character in you. Go to Romans 5, 4. Okay. Okay. Amen. Wake up if you're going to sleep. Wake up. Romans chapter 5 at verse 4. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. Mm. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. I just love that one, y'all. All right. So your character is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to who you are. So without character, your mental qualities are lacking. That's something that we don't want to admit, but that's something that we got to deal with. Your moral qualities are lacking. Your Christ-like features are not activated in you. You're unable to be set apart because you're non-distinctive unqualified, untrustworthy, and useful to Satan. Useful to Satan. Yeah, you become very useful because if, if, if your mind is not developed in character, that means that you're, anybody can go ahead and take your mind. That's when you get in that manipulative situation. People with character do everything to keep their word, which means they tend to sacrifice. They endure losing sleep, money, time, pleasure, all to keep their word. This is the character of a servant and not one who is selfish. So the pain must be an expectation. So when you're dealing with something hard or something difficult or, oh, I just can't do it no more. I just can't take it. You should, it should be an expectation. Like, why hadn't you already started to be excited and full of joy? So when, when we get saved, we're not in expectation of this, though. So what do we say? Oh, I'm saved, so I'm about to be living my best life. That's what we do. Hey. Yeah. In eternity and your best life as a servant with your great hope of eternity, all right? Let's have the big picture here because that's where the confusion lies with a lot of believers. You don't think that you're supposed to, oh, this is Satan. This is hard, this is. No, this is to build character in you. 
This is to develop you. This is to show that you have faith. This is to show that you have been certified with the Holy Spirit and the oil of joy. So let's talk about uh, some of the loss and gains. I'm going to bring up uh, this Star Stevenson over here. I thought about it the other day. Me and Brandy was talking. He's like, Star had to get in a car accident to meet Ephraim. She had to go through some back pain, go without being able to dance all summer long to meet Ephraim. And Ephraim life is changing by being here with us. So in her suffering and her endurance, she was able to bring somebody else into our home who's a great addition. Hey, Ephraim. And I'm really excited to know that my sister not only endured going through the car accident and all that happened this summer, but she endured the past six years of being pure and clean and really fighting to take care of her children on her own. And even in her standing, she had to still deal with the very things I dealt with, people talking about her, people not wanting to deal with her. So in that, the endurance does bring a great reward. It really does. I'm going to skip down to the joy overcomes the ride out of the pain. Romans 5, 3. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. So I'm not being phony when I'm smiling at you. I'm not. Literally, it's, it's just the joy that even with the pressure, even if someone doesn't agree with me even if someone don't even want to see my face and like why is she teaching god <laughs> and she always smiling jumping around dancing around that comes with the spirit of god i'm thankful for it he told me not to stop smiling because he put that in me why do y'all think the prophetess laugh at all nonsense Y'all ever notice when something going down, she is laughing so hard. It is the joy of the Lord. <laughs> this joy that I have, no situation should be able to take it away. So a lot of times we get kind of down. And we don't get down off of the sorrow because of what's happening in this world. We get down because of what's happening to us. Let's think about where your get down is. 
because we really must adjust it. Our, our heart and our passion to be saddened should be compassion. It shouldn't be because of what we didn't get or because of who didn't speak or because I wasn't noticed or because I messed up or because of what somebody will or won't do for me. But our sorrow should be through our compassion and our hate for sin. All right? But your troubles, you got to just, hey, hey, hey. You got to be excited about it because you know that it's producing something. I need you to know tonight before you leave here that if there's something that you went through or you're going through or what's happening to you right now, I really need you to lift up your hands and have some joy. Because you know you're going to push through it. You got to say, Lord, what's next? What are we doing? Oh, oh, you got me? You got me? And you got to know that he got you because guess what? If you don't go through it in joy, you're not going to make it through it. You're going to stop before you get that character. You're going to stop before you get the reward. You're going to stop, and then you don't ever really have faith because you never saw it produce. That's right. That's you never, you, you're like, why is everybody gaining this and doing that and able to do that? Because they endured. So they got enough faith to keep going. So if y'all ever see BTW build, uh, blow up, it's because I had enough faith through the ankylosing spondylitis to keep going because I trusted that that's what he gave to me. Not because I'm great. It's the faith. It's the faith. It's the faith. If you don't endure, you won't believe. What would be your example? It's one thing to see it in somebody else's life, like Ty. Wow, that's great. It's another thing where you had to endure something and you see God show up on the scene and take care of that thing. Then when it's time to make moves, you be walking blindly like, yeah, Lord, you got it. You got it. Yeah, you got it. We got to understand that you won't. You got to see it for yourself. You got to see it for yourself. That's what make it real to you. That's what make you hold on tight to it. And it'll help you with every decision from there. You won't have to question. You just say, show me what you got, Lord. You know how pastors say, how hard can I hit you? Let them hit you hard. Say, bring it on. Bring on the endurance because it's going to produce. That's all he's trying to do is produce. So keep this in mind when it gets hard, when you're having to take correction, when you've gone through something that feels so shameful. A lot of those situations keeps us trapped. But it's produced something in you because you're still standing. So your faith will get stronger. You'll definitely have your joy. You'll be excited about your eternal life. It'll be more in the front of your mind because you understand that this is just a battlefield. I don't even know why y'all trying to set up a whole camp here. This is just a battlefield. Yeah. 
Think about your eternity. That Let that be something that motivates you. But most of all, it will save somebody else's life. That's what sets you apart. Someone will say, how did you get through that? How did you make it through? Guess what? You got a testimony that can save a life because they went through. They're going through what you went through. And you can show that I'm still up. I'm still living. I still got joy. I'm still doing this thing. And some of y'all got some serious testimonies that y'all hiding. Don't hide them. Share them. Thank you. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for the engrafted word of God? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That was a rich word, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I hope the word of God found a place in your inner man, the most deepest part of who God has created you to be. The hitman of the heart is that you're able to hear his cry for what you are required to do, which you are required as he, when he called you, you answered the call is to endure. I shared with um, one of the ministers, he uh, said one of the greatest things, uh, greatest thing you've done is that you know how to endure. And a lot of times that when we're going through, you don't see yourself winning. You don't see the progress. But when you don't give up, you continue in the, the progressive growing and development. I love it. See, you, you miss, where's Minister V? You, you, we, we miss true growth. And it's not when you come out, it's while you're in. while you're in and we we don't know how to recognize true growth we see it as the pain as an affliction it is something that God has permitted and allowed because when we go through things in life God delivers you from look the situation but he doesn't deliver you from the pain because the pain gives you power. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. See, we're missing it. The pain is there. Pain has an assignment in your life. And that is to empower you. Is not to destroy you. What happens is that how you respond to pain. Because I was sitting here getting migraine, keep coming on, but see, it's how you re respond to pain. See, I had to endure. I had to, I had to intensely focus on hearing the word of God because it's greater than the pain. 
See, this is why you, we don't understand as believers why you have to press on to be at the gathering because there's something greater than you being tired. There's something greater than you getting some extra sleep. There, there's something greater than that. And what's greater than that is a part of my growth. In the area where I'm uncomfortable, I want to, look, I want to rest. I, I feel like I just would lay down, I feel better. But it's not about me feeling. It's about my process of my growth. Because if that was the case, a lot of you in the military, you wouldn't have made it past boot camp. Because you, it wasn't about, again, the outcome. It was about the process. It wasn't about how you felt, Terrence. It was about what you had to do. It was about what you had to endure. See, but we, we, we treat things of the world much greater than the kingdom. I, um, I'm not going to keep you long because the message was all by itself. Glorious. <laughs> I, uh, I had Minister Cindy ask me a question. You all know, for me, everything's a teachable moment. So this is the lesson. This is the, this is the full revelation of, and she asked, Pastor, what's the difference between the core leaders and the leaders? I told her, I said, that's a good question. See, and you thought, you were asking that question. God had you to ask that question for something you want to impart in you. This is so good. So I said, you know, normally when a question is asked, we're talking about a spiritual question here. I have no clue at first. Because you know why? It's spiritual. And I have to confer with the agent of all wisdom and knowledge. And so I carefully allowed the mind of Christ to be inside of me. And I asked him, what is the difference between the core leader and leader? And he allowed me to see it's those who have endured. <laughs> this whole teaching, everything, it was so befitting tonight. It's the ones who have decided to fully commit themselves, even though they don't look like they're fully committed. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But it's your endurance as how I can see your full commitment because you keep going. <laughs> And it's the proximity, I, I told him, Pastor, with you and I, not just about a physical proximity, but how they have aligned themselves with the vision. Whether I'm tired or whether I don't feel like it, whether I, look, whether I have to sacrifice and take time off of my natural job. I, I found out that... Um, 
with the with the ministry van that minister minister greg actually was doing the oil change and i was saying well we need to take it this easy no he said i do it i said you do it as personally yourself <laughs> he said i think he's when i do it like take it to the shop and he said no i do it i said well see look many things are done but not known of i said well thank you this is why then i said still with serving you can't serve and complain. Look, you can't, you can't complain from within, even if you don't speak of it. Because what's going to happen is, look, it's not counted unto you as servitude. Exactly. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. I thank the Lord God for his, for his word. <sighs> I thank you, Elizabeth, for coming out. I thank you for coming out as well, you and your husband. I thank you that you decided to stop here and to hear what the Lord had to say. I really pray that he had something that you allowed to enter your heart, a reference to endurance, because marriage a kingdom marriage, you must endure. Anything of the kingdom is supposed to be forever. It is forever. What is of the kingdom of God is forever. Amen. I want to thank Minister T. I call her T. I don't... Not often I call her Tashana. She, she's T to me. Um, we work together. She's part of my, she's really my right hand at Old Dominion University. She, she has really laid her life down. Um, if you want to know what it really looks like and what is necessary to do that, speak to her. She's a good example of me duplicating myself in the ministry. She's a teacher of the gospel of God. I want to just thank you for your, for you laying down your life. Amen. The word of God speaks about how you, you're going to be rejected. You're going to be hated. Persecuted this by those who stood with you and said they love you. But if the people that you are with are not hating you, persecuting you, you need to ask yourself, have I fully laid down my life? Because it's going to cause some type of discomfort for them because your mind is set going a different direction completely. It's difficult to walk going the same direction if you have a different vision. Amen. Pastor, you want to come up? We are. You can stand to your feet.